Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Welcome back into the Lions 24-7 podcast and welcome to June. It is a spot on the calendar we have been waiting to get to for quite some time for our coverage here at Lions 24-7. And anyone who loves college football, anyone who follows college football recruiting knows that June 1st represents a major milestone moment because the 15-month dead period that has been in place since March 2020 due to the pandemic is officially history. Hopefully a lot associated with the 2020 year as a whole becomes distant history for us as we move forward. College football, Penn State, Sean, moving forward in a big way this week. You've already got a story up on Tuesday morning coming out of Memorial Day weekend about the fact that Penn State already has, you know, Guys coming to campus today and then into the weekend. They're not waiting for the weekend. They're not waiting for these camps. We're not waiting for official visits. There's a lot to report on already. You're on it. Steve Wolfong's on it. Brian Doan, Alan True, everybody is. We have survived. We have thrived. And we have moved on at 24-7 Sports. Congratulations, Mr. Fitz. The 15 months of speculation about when this dead period is going to end. Uh, you know, it feels pretty good to be on the other side of it for now. Uh, so hopefully that that trend continues and hopefully – uh, things continue to flourish. I know the kids are excited. Uh, the coaches are, you know, pretty excited. There's, there's a downside to, uh, to not, to not, uh, not being able to do what they were able to do. So, um, so, but no, it's, it's exciting. Camp season's right around the corner. They've, they've kind of hit the ground running and it's tough because you see spots where like Florida state had kids in it for midnight madness last night. And, you know, that's pretty cool. There there's other things where, you know, Clemson's sending out a bulk of offers today, you know, they're just trying to make this more of an event. Penn state being a Tuesday in central Pennsylvania, it's a little bit different. Uh, you know, you're not going to have a bunch of guys making that trip, especially the, the bubble in which you recruit. I mean, that's tough to, to get kids up here in the middle of the week, especially with school still going on, but they were able to do it. They got Drew Shelton on campus uh, today and that's a, you know, that's a guy that we've talked about a good bit, you know, for as far as, far as a committed guy goes, that's a guy that we've talked about a good bit on the podcast in the last couple of weeks, because, you know, you go to IMG, that's the kind of thing that happens. You don't go off the radar and he's got Florida, Georgia, Notre Dame. I, I still feel good about his commitment, but I'd feel better about it if he was still at Downingtown uh, in, in Downingtown. So, um, so they, they've gotten off on the right foot, more visits happening uh, throughout the week, and it should be fun to follow. It's a nice way to set the tone getting Drew Shelton on campus here. And by the way, you mentioned, you know, some coaches probably more fond of this than others. Um, it kind of depends staff by staff, person by person. Someone I know is thrilled about this, Jaywan Sider. Uh, two minutes after midnight last night, put out a, a picture on Twitter. The gates are open with the Nittany Lion opening the gate onto the field at Beaver Stadium. Uh, jacked up to, to get a chance to get in person with 
prospects with their families and, and learn a lot more uh, about this 2022, 2023, 2024 cycles uh, that are ahead of us here. And, and, and Sean, something you mentioned there about, you know, Shelton uh, getting to campus. He's a guy that we've been looking at closely since his move down to IMG. Um, Ken Talley adds his name to the list of guys who have put out there. They're locked in. They're not listening to other schools uh, out of Philadelphia, uh, the, the prospect. And, and, and that's something I don't want to get lost in the conversation. We're going to be talking about a lot of targets coming to campus a lot of interesting sophomores at the high school level that may get offers out of this summer and the events that are going to happen here in Happy Valley. But this is the next step in what has been really an impressively bonded 2022 recruiting class. And that's about to get emboldened in a big way as they begin to cross paths in person and start to get in each other's ears, get in other prospects ears and gain a better rapport with this coaching staff. It is, you know, putting aside the cell phones and the laptops and doing that with feet on the ground. Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, you're just going to be able to get in touch with these guys uh, away from Twitter, away from Instagram, FaceTime, whatever they do, um, and to, to build that bond in person. And, and we mentioned it. That I think Penn State's done a fantastic job in terms of keeping this group together. Obviously, they lost Holden Stays, but uh, they've, they've done a really nice job with with guys like Saunders, uh, you know, who probably was going to look around, visit because, you know, you just got to keep that fallback if you wanted to. Now, if they could do that with Drew Shelton, if they could get him to be 100 percent or excuse me, 107% locked in as, as they, as they will say, um, that would be probably as big of a, of a, uh, of a securing the bag, if you will, in this class. Right. We've heard that already from Caden Saunders. We've heard it from Jerry Cross. Ken Talley, although compared to Cross and Saunders, you weren't really having that worry. Um, and since, and now here you go, you got Shelton on campus and, and totally, uh, in total, I should say 11 players. You get to June with 11 guys, three added in May. Sean, you lose one along the way with the pandemic and, and, and the sanctions and all that with holding stays ending up elsewhere. But you come out the other side and there are so many schools coming off of far more impressive seasons than Penn State. We talked about it. If you listen to the podcast, it was a wild ride last fall. We talked about what would that mean for recruiting here going into the next year. They've come out of that relatively unscathed. When you start a season 0-5 for the first time, get here with the number six class in the nation and feel like you have momentum on your side, something's going right for this coaching staff. You talked about James Franklin being refreshed, being a new guy, maybe being back to the old guy we knew before 2020. A lot of pieces are in the right spot, and I think that's really says something when you discuss how that year went for Penn State on the field. And it was the subject of our five-star mailbag last episode. We were talking about which new coach would have the biggest impact on on campus with on campus recruiting, and there's just so many of them. I mean, even the guys that were here last year with Phil Troutwine and Taylor Stubblefield, John Scott. I mean, you you didn't have an opportunity to host these guys, so it's basically half your staff right now that 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 has turned over in the last two years, and now all of a sudden you've got a chance to build on those relationships, go from being a face in the Zoom window to being the guy across the table. And I think they're looking forward to that opportunity. As we've said before, having kids on campus, you know, you saw it in the 2021 cycle, just not being able to get kids on campus, get in front of kids on campus had a huge impact on what they were able to do and what they were not able to do. So to turn that around, 
to to get it for the, the I guess we call it the end of the 2022 cycle and into the 2023 cycle. I think that's probably where you can make the the most headway this year is in the 2023 cycle. You you have that this weekend, guys like Alex Birchmeyer coming in, Antonio Tripp from McDonough, Mason Robinson. Um, so you know a bunch of talented guys that are making their way up. Some of them for the first time. Birchmeyer I think visited twice during the dead period, but. Uh, it's, uh, it, it's a really good building block. Tamir Robinson from, uh, Pittsburgh tweeted that he was coming up on Sunday. So it's just gonna, you want to get this kind of family party type atmosphere, even if these kids aren't coming to camp and a lot of them will work out and will go to camp. But, you know, this is something that we saw very early in the Franklin regime is get these guys on campus that, you know, they don't have to come work out, but they can come walk around the facility, you know, uh, talk to the other recruits, talk to the coaches and things like that. And and just little little days like that go a long way, especially, you know, if you got good weather, if you've got things that, uh, you know, appeal to uh, the typical seven, 16, 17 year old, whatever. Uh, I think that that is something where once you get back into the flow, good things will start to happen uh, on the recruiting trail. A lot of emphasis on the official visits, which do start this week and, and will continue through June. First opportunity uh, since the 2020 recruiting class to have these official visits. But to your point, Sean, there are going to be far more unofficial visits that, that pop up this week and throughout the summer. That's going to include some some guys getting here for camp. But a lot of times it will be spending a few hours on campus and uh, this campus is, is coming back alive now. I know the students have, have gone home, but uh, compared to where this campus was, if you were driving through last summer, it's no longer a ghost town. Uh, so it, it's an opportunity to really explore things and, and, and start to set that foundation for what people look at when, when they think about Penn state on the 2023, 2024 recruiting cycle here in the 2022 cycle, we're going to put focus on a, a recent Penn state commit Tyrese Mills at Lackawanna college in just a little while. He joined us. Uh, at the tail end of last week for a conversation, a few weeks removed from his May 5th commitment, really interesting story. Philadelphia prospect ends up at Lackawanna, had some academic uh, issues that, that led to that decision, uh, but connections to Penn State and really a, a, a very versatile weapon, it sounds like, potentially for Penn State's defensive staff to consider down the road. So stay tuned for that one. We had a lot of fun with that, Sean. Yeah, and I think he's pretty excited to be a Penn State commit. If uh, if we picked up on the, uh, you know, oh no, it was over Zoom and everything, but if we picked up on the vibe there, I think he's. He, it's safe to say he's pretty excited. No, absolutely. So. With his class, they're going to now take a big step forward. The commits will see each other. That's excellent. Now, the rest of it is trying to get to the finish line with some of these other recruitments. And it's really interesting to me about how recruits are choosing what weekends they line up and how staffs are pushing for certain weekends. That's here at Penn State. That's across college football. Because unlike in the years past, you're not getting this big three-month official visit window in the spring before you shut it down. Uh, and then summer rolls around and your season comes. And then you can take in season visits a lot of guys want to figure this out Sean before their senior season and they got one month to do it so they're on the move early and often this month how do you think that kind of changes the complexion of what lies ahead in the cycle well you look at what they've got coming in this weekend you've got three guys for official visits and you know I think that's by design you look at Penn State's camp schedule they've got camps on on Saturday and Sunday um, so it gives them a chance to work out and do the things that, you know, that do the evaluations they wanted to do. So this one was small for a while. You had Ryan Brubaker, the in-state legacy offensive tackle, uh, from Cocalico. Um, he's, he's been a guy that's been on, on the radars, obviously, since he got offered. But of course, his dad played here. He came up for the scrimmage. Uh, then you've added a couple of guys from IMG Academy. Keon Saab was supposed to visit next weekend, the 11th, um, uh, but moved it up to the, the fourth. So, um, that's, 
I, I don't know what that means in terms of, is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? I don't think it, it, it really means all that much. You probably would have liked to have him with a bigger group, but he's coming up with Katron Allen, the running back from IMG Academy. So there's a little bit of familiarity there. Saab is from South Jersey. Katron Allen's from Virginia. So these are kind of regional guys that are down there now. So, um, but, but I think it'll be, you know, it's, it, it's a light weekend for official visits, but you get everybody on the same page. Like we mentioned, you've got new recruiting staff and things like that. So see how things work and, and kind of give yourself a test run for next weekend when you've got, I believe, 11 uh, official visitors coming in. Um, these three guys, obviously, you're, you're going to pay pay them as much attention as you can. Be interesting to see because if you look at how the camp schedule is is staggered, you've got a lot of Friday camps. So it's basically Friday and then Saturday. Sunday is for your official visits. This one, you bring them in on Friday. You've got camp Saturday, camp Sunday. So you're going to have to work around it. Um, not impossible to do. It's certainly something they've done before, um, but it'll just be an interesting balancing act to see how that comes through. But uh, a couple of big recruits, uh, we, we've had Saab on the big board pretty much the entire time. Brew Baker, of course, when he got offered, jumped up on there as well. I think Katron Allen, maybe behind some other guys right now, Nick Singleton, Omar and Hampton, some other guys on the running back board, um, but still certainly, I mean, you're talking about the 124th player nationally by the 24-7 composite, number 10 running back nationally. Um, don't think he ends up here. But those those first two guys, I think, you know, Penn State's right in the mix for. Uh, Saab's obviously going to be an uphill climb with, with Clemson there and Georgia there. I think Oregon's still involved. Texas A&M, he's got a visit down there. So um, I think he's going to commit, excuse me, I think he's going to cut his list um, down to six schools tonight. Um, and Penn State is, is obviously there on the list. One thing you mentioned there is teammates, you know, kind of going as a group and, and, or, you know, saying, where are you heading this weekend? Let's go together. Let's try to plan that out. You've got guys hopping in the car together, a couple of 2023 recruits uh, who, who got offered last year by Penn State, um, a Johnny Shakir um, and and uh, Khalil Ali from Penn Stockton High School. They're traveling together. I, I've heard of a few examples here this week where guys are going to get in the car, uh, make the trip to Penn State for a camp, you know, that's the kind of stuff that also is lost. The opportunity to to have one guy kind of get somebody else in the car with them, get somebody else on campus with them. Whereas it felt like every move that prospects made, if they were doing these on guided tours, a lot of times it was really just uh, on the ambition of that player's parents. Sean, I think what we see here with all these weekend events, you have the opportunity, particularly regionally in the states that surround Pennsylvania, where it's you know within that five hour car ride or so. To, to maybe get some surprise guys on campus or or you know, maybe get the next kid that, that you don't have yet. You know, I, I think there's a ton to be said that the younger teammate hops in that car and a year from now, all of a sudden he's a guy to know. And, and if he didn't make that trip, you kind of would be lost with, with any kind of feel for what he brings to the field. No doubt about it. And, and you look at the the landscape of recruiting right now, some of those 2024 kids are are already firmly on the radar. And, and you know, I'm not sure that they're going to take a 2024 commitment right now or anything like that. But these guys have set themselves up with the other classes and and really in recruiting anymore. If you're, if you're not one of those early offers, unless you're, you know, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, something like that. Um, then it's going to be tough for you to to make up that ground if you're if you're in a spot like Penn State and you know we, we've seen that with guys uh, you know specifically in Philadelphia that that Penn State didn't offer them really early kind of did their due diligence and then was kind of left out in the cold um, now it's kind of like okay throw them an offer we'll see what happens maybe we work them out at camp maybe we get to see them in person uh, before they they are able to act on it and. You know, it just might not work out for that player's uh, in in that player's interest. But here, here's 
kind of the game these days. So that I think that'll be interesting. We, you know, I mentioned a couple of guys from IMG. You've got uh, linebacker, 2023 linebacker Jordan Hall coming up. Um, he's from Virginia as well, um, but he's going to have a chance to uh, to check things out. So I, I just think it's kind of a trickle down. You've got uh, the opportunity for to get some of your top targets on campus, and and that list could change a lot in the next couple of months, actually, I was going to say the, the next year, but a couple of months, um, you've got guys like we mentioned, Tripp and Birchmeyer. They've been planning this trip together. Mega Barnwell was going to come up and join them, but he, he had a scheduling conflict. So he had to, to, to bump it back later in June. Um, but it's, it's going to give you an opportunity to get back out there, talk about all the things, you know, just kind of hammer home the things that you've been preaching and then put a little substance behind it with a, with a tour, with a, Getting, getting a chance to get into the room with the coaches, looking at film, things like that. So it's just about taking the next step. And it's just about really, uh, I don't want to say floating, but it's just about getting that experience for these kids. And and who knows, this this could be a situation where you've got a junior in high school that's still make, getting a first impression of a school. And that's typically not what you see, especially recruiting at this level. Junior in high school, getting a first impression of the school and really making his first impression on a program and on the staff in person. Uh, and I think it's also fascinating. Last episode for the mailbag, we talked about, well, what, what can the staff accomplish? Who, who stands to gain the most from finally having a chance to get on the field in a prospect camp with this staff? And it's also about what happens after the camp when you go back, when you kind of go through your notes and, and and present to the other members of the staff, present to Coach Franklin on what you saw, who should be dropping on the board, who should be getting an offer, who, who got an offer early in the process that simply is not a take moving forward. Really curious to see, you know, there's 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 something to be said for how that conversation develops because you'll get some pushback to some of that response. Um, and, and for a staff to be able to do that for the first time here coming out of these, some of these camps, I think that's something that should not be overlooked. It's something that we won't get a lot of insight on, certainly not on the record, but that is a huge part of the process of building out your board is, is having some disagreements about what a player looks like now or what a player might look like when they're 22 versus 17, 16 years old. And those are the kind of thoughts that can finally be presented to one another earnestly instead of basing that off of film, secondhand conversations. I think that's really exciting for the staff. It's daunting for the staff, but it's another big component of what we're going to see play out here in the next couple of months. Yeah. It's uh, it's one of those things where you're trying to, and, and, like we said, with, with new staff members, with new recruiting staff members, you, you've always got to balance what you're trying to do so that everybody can get in the flow of things. And then when you get in the flow of things, that's when you've got this, uh, this boost that you can sort of play up on. So I'm excited to see that. I'm excited to see the next month, how they play it out, balancing these camps, balancing these officials, unofficials, midweek visits and things like that. Um, but it, it should be fun. On our next episode, we hope to take you a bit further inside the Nittany Lions plan for these next couple months of recruiting work. Uh, more on that later in the week. For now, we're going to press pause on this conversation. We'll come back to it with our five-star mailbag because it leads us right back into the summer camps and summer recruiting conversation. But we're going to bring in Tyrese Mills out of Lackawanna College, committed to Penn State in May. He plays safety right now. What kind of safety is he? Could there be some room for uh, transition at the position on defense? All that part of the conversation with the Philadelphia standout coming your way right here on the Lions 24-7 podcast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's been a few weeks now since Tyrese Mills took advantage of a Penn State scholarship offer, his first FBS offer, committed to the Nenny Lions in May. Year number two ahead for him at Lackawanna College. In fact, year number one, but season number two, it's a lot going on at the junior college level. We'll talk about that in a moment. We'll talk about how Lackawanna has been a pipeline of sorts for Penn State on the recruiting trail. But let's start off with introducing you, Tyrese. Welcome to the Lions 24-7 podcast and congratulations. Appreciate the having me. Appreciate it. I'm Tyrese Mills, safety out of Lake Wine out of Philadelphia, but committed to Penn State. CFC here we are. <laughs> There's the whole lowdown uh, out of Philadelphia, then goes to Lackawanna for junior college, and the next step in 2022 will be Penn State. We got a lot to, of ground to cover with you, Tyrese, uh, but just in general, you've been committed now uh, since May 5th, a few weeks. How has kind of your life changed? How are you feeling uh, about your future at, in college football? I'm, I just, I'm just soaking it all in. It's been a blessing for me. Like, it's like everything changed. Like everything changed. You know, I got work ten times harder because I got everybody looking up to me now. So like, I got to work harder because I'm going to the next level. I got to be ready. So I just been going hard with the like weight room on the field. So I just been basically just working, like trying to just stand, live up to everything that that's coming. So when I'm when it's time for me to go up here, I'm ready. Tyrese, you talked about it when you got the offer, but Penn State said they wanted to see a little bit out of you this spring. Obviously, mm-hmm. with with junior, the junior college season was all over the place. Um, you guys didn't get. I think we played two games this year. Um, what did What did you hear from the Penn State staff? How quickly did they move after seeing that little bit of film? And I guess how crazy was it that it just all kind of happened at once? It was It was crazy because I after the game, like I knew I had a good game. The first game I caught an interception about five tackles, but I didn't think I did too well because I knew, I but. I, I knew I could do it better, but so so Dion had called me, Coach Dion from Penn State called me like, yeah, he said I was just in the bed, just waking up in the morning too. He called me like, he like you, he like Coach Terry want to talk to you. I'm like, all right. So he put him on the phone. He he, we was just rapping. Then uh, he put him on the phone like on a three way. Then he just told me like, yeah, we gonna we gonna offer you a scholarship. We like how you play, we gonna offer you a scholarship. So it was just like one of them happy moments. Like it was just it was just crazy. Tyrese, I wrote about this after you committed, but I know not all of our listeners read everything we, we post on the website. So just for, for some background, Dion Barnes, who you're talking about, now a, now an assistant on the defensive staff with Penn State, formerly a coach and player at Northeast High School in Philadelphia, where you were a player just a couple of years ago. So he was your defensive coordinator a couple of years ago. He tells you, hey, go out there with Lackawanna, get some film out there, and, mm-hmm. and, and then I'm going to get it in front of our coaching staff. Were you surprised, even though he, he, you know, kind of told you, hey, I'm going to be looking closely, that it happened so quickly where the next morning after game one, him and the defensive recruiting coordinator, Terry Smith, are on the phone with that kind of news? I, I was surprised, but once he told me, he because he basically came to me on the phone, like, once at the offer me, he told me, like, remember I told you I got you, I gave my word, I got you. So I was surprised, but it was like, I, I knew he had a connection, so I always knew he had me. I just knew I had to just play football the right way, that's all. So I just knew I just go out there and ball, but I was surprised. I was excited about everything because I like it finally paid off. So I got a shot, you know. So I just go prove to him. Have you been talking to Dion? I mean, I know he obviously coached you up and everything like that, but I mean, was this kind of the thing when he was like, okay, just keep your eyes open? You know, I don't know what kind of a recruiting advice he gave you, uh, what kind of coaching advice, all that kind of stuff. But have you been talking to him the whole time? Has he been more of a mentor? Or is this kind of just a thing that has popped up recently? Oh no, Dion. 
no, that's like my, that's like that's like big bro. I've been be talking to Dion. That's like big bro. But like ever since I got the offer and committed, like yeah, we talk a lot more. But back, but before I even committed Penn State or anything about Penn State, yeah, Dion was big bro. He always keep me on the right path and everything, keep my head straight. So yeah, Dion, big bro. What, what what's the view of Dion in Philly? I mean, I know he's. I know we talked to a lot of people that Dion is is one of those guys. I mean, there's in, in Philly football, there's there's a few guys that stick out. You know, Sharif Floyd and, and a, a bunch of guys. But what's the view of Dion in Philly, specifically oh, yeah, Northeast? Dion. Yeah, yeah, Dion. Yeah, like he like a guy. Of, uh, he like a guy that's really everybody love Dion. They want to get some working with him. They look, treat that like we get working with Dion. We good the next day. That's how they look at it. Like everybody in the city, like we let's go. If Dion working out, everybody working out. He used to work out at level forty up King of Prussia, and like everybody go up this workout. So like Dion, everybody they they look up to Dion, especially him coming from where he come from and make it to where he at now. So you know everybody really look up to Dion, and he a genuine he a genuine dude. So it's like it's like hard to not mess with him. He he a good person. Back in 2019, you were playing for Dion. He hadn't moved to Penn State yet. You hadn't gone off to Lackawanna yet, and you said he he was kind of viewing you as a versatile defensive player, putting you at different positions. Can you mm-hmm. kind of tell us tell us about your role at, at Northeast High School and, and really what your college options looked like when you were finished up there? Yeah, my role at Northeast, I played everything. So I was, I just played, like, on defense, it was, like, everything. So, well, in the secondary, in the secondary, they always tried to get me to play linebacker, but I never really wanted to play linebacker. I don't know why. I just never really – I like safety. So, but, like, I, it started off – like my my sophomore year, I came and they put me in a box for like the rec, the, the uh, majority of the season. Like in the playoffs, I, I moved to free safety. It's my first time we're playing free safety. I caught an interception, so I'm like, all right, I could, I could, I could, I could play it because I'm used to playing in a box. Then the next season, we they put somebody else at free and put me in a box. I did. I just was tagging and everything, just just making tags. I got picks and everything, and I played corner that season too. So like Dion, they worked me out like because I, I I was experienced with all the positions like. It was not a position I, I never had it, like I never played. So once I got you, I already it was I was comfortable because I knew how to play it. Cause I played corner in little league. I, that's what I thought I was gonna play in high school was corner, but you know, soon like in high school, they started to move everything around. So I was just like uh, all around, like very like you said, versus out. He used me everywhere. I wish they'd use me a little bit more in a blitz game, but it's cool. I caught a lot of interceptions, so it was cool. Well, I, I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, we've got you down for eight interceptions as a senior, which is a high number. And and because of that success at a school like Northeast, you had eyes on you. And you've mentioned this before. There were some possibilities coming out of high school to go right to the uh, four year kind of college level. What ultimately led you to, to go the junior college path and, and end up with Lackawanna? So uh, what happened was like, like back, like before I even, this was like what happened, like my ninth grade year. So before, like I wasn't even playing football. Like I was like, school wasn't really, I wasn't doing too well in school. So, so then my, so like I said, my sophomore year, that was my first year ever playing football. So I played, I, I had to get my grades right, whatever, just so I could qualify to play. And, but that, like my, like my freshman year, my sophomore year always hunted me. Like they all, I never listened. They always told me that too. Like if you don't do good, it's going to come back to get you. So like my senior year and everything, I, I had to reclassify everything. So my senior year came and like I, I, I was I was playing good. I got a lot of attention, and it was like I couldn't really qualify. I didn't qualify. So then the COVID hit, and it was like one of the things they said, well, you don't need an SAT uh, SAT score to get in. But I already signed to Lackawanna, so I had to go to Lack because like I'm my SAT for one, I just didn't qualify. So my coach Nah, coach Nah, just he hit up coach Reese, took me down there for a visit. So I just looked it up and I locked it in from there. 
And I just went there and it turned out for the better. Yeah. What's that Lackawanna experience been like for you? Cause obviously it's, it's a crazy game with, uh, you know, going up to Scranton, you got the COVID uh, remote classes, all that kind of stuff. What's it been like? You said you've been there since February. What's it been like for you? Stressful, stressful. It'd be stressful. It was no fun. It's no fun. You got in the, in the practices, like you really gotta be mentally strong to make out a juco. Like the practices, like you don't get no time to rest because you got you constantly working. Like in the morning time, we wake up, we gotta go run for an hour. Then right after that, you gotta go lift. And then after that, you you gotta go to classes. So we doing this in like a two hour span, and waking up at five in the morning. So we wake up five in the morning. We go we go run till six, get back. We lift till seven, and classes usually start around seven forty five to eight. And then everybody I go to class. And hopefully, like, luckily for me, I ain't had no class till nine, so I can get a little nap in. But it was stressful because, like, you got to be mentally tough. Like, there's a lot of stuff. Juco, you 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 get hurt. i seen guys in there. They get hurt. They starting. They get hurt. They come back from the depth. chart, like fourth in the depth chart. It's like, it, it get real. You got to really be mentally tough. Well, you're home in Philadelphia right now, and this first year of college for you is just so different. Not only are you starting off with a new program, but you're starting off in spring with March and April games, and then you've got a second season right around the corner this fall. Um, Were you – do you feel like you got enough out of this spring season? I know it was only two games from what I understand. Clearly you got an offer, and that had to be high on your priority list, but do you feel like you got enough out of this first college season? Uh, I mean, I would say I did because what everybody in junior college is chasing, I did a lot of stuff they wouldn't do. So I say I did, but I think if I did, they'd have had the rest of the season, like go to the a nat, a national championship, would it continue to play? Yeah, I, I, it would have been way different. Now I'd have been going crazy. I'd have been snapping because I was, I was snapping. I'd have kept going hard in the season. I was really put my mind on this season to go crazy. So I was gonna go crazy, but look, like. It humbled me, Penn State. So it had me all for the better. And, and we've seen Lackawanna compete for national championship at that junior college level. A couple safeties earned All-American status before they came to Penn State. Jaquan Brisker, who's a starter. Jair Brown, who's trying to be a starter right now. And now there you are at safety, another season ahead. What would you say about that Penn State-Lackawanna connection that's in place? You've got Anthony Wigan, Norval Black, also with Penn State's program after Lackawanna right now, too. I say it's like it's it's kind of it's it's decent what they got going on. I like how they got going on. We can, as long as they like the safeties from Lack, they're gonna keep producing, so they can keep coming back. Cause there's a lot of guys that at Lack line that should deserve opportunity. So they like the Lack safety. I'm gonna go and fit right in. So it's like it, it don't it just feel like as soon as I get to Penn State, you got use like you said, Jaquan. He should be entering the draft. Jair, I'm right next up. So like, I'm gonna fit right in. They already like the lack safety. We I watched all their tapes. Like we all got this. We all do the same things. So it's like it's like we. I'm a fit right in. So I I don't have no doubt in my mind when I go up there. I'm going like like fall right in line. So that's what, that's another reason why I uh, chose Penn State too. Just to mention. You say you 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 see yourself in in the safeties. Do you see yourself more in the Brisker mold or more in the Brown mold? I mean, what? How do you see yourself as a player as a safety, and how do you fit into that defense? And I feel like. I see myself, but I would tell you what I see myself with it. I feel like they see me at. I see myself up top. I want to play in the middle of the field and free safety, just read the field. That's how I had the most fun in, right? Like, I had the most fun. It just be like, it just be a little easy. I had the most fun at free safety, but I see them, meaning my size, like, I'm already 205. I already know once I get on a weight program, I'm going to get big. So it's like, I, could, I see them probably put me more like a brisket roll in the box. 
But yeah, that's cool too, because I can make plays there too. So I see them put me in a box too. But you mentioned your history at linebacker. Um, I know you played a lot in the box this season with, with Lackawanna. You talked about covering a fullback f- for, for game number one. Um, do you feel like as much as you want to play back and assess everything from that free safety spot, do you feel like your instincts lend well to covering the run, moving up toward the line of scrimmage, even if that's not your ideal spot, that's what you do best? Yeah, I, I would say so. I, I knew that, but – I ain't good. I want to play up top. <laughs> I you fly just, you just want the picks, right? I, yeah, that's <laughs> I like the picks. I like getting a pick, taking them home, like just getting that chance to run, like just running, stretching the field, running the whole field. It's just something about them catching a the pick and then like prior to three yard line, big couple guys miss, get to the end zone. That's just something about that. I don't know, but I like, but I do like the hit. So it's like the box, like it, it don't mean it, like it don't phase me as much. I do like the hit. And I just started at date. Like, why did just recently have me blitzing against the left tackles and everything? I like that, too. So the box is fun. It's a, it'd be a lot of work. So what, what's the roadmap for you? Where, where do you go? You know, what, how much time do you have left at Lackawanna? When do you plan on arriving at Penn State? What's the what, what do you have to clear? What, what kind of hurdles do you have to clear to get to Penn State eventually? So, um, like, right now I'm taking these summer classes to get out early because they got me projected to go there 2022 in the fall. So I'm I'm taking the summer classes to get out earlier. So I will be at, like after this fall season we have, I'll be able to leave after that because I'm gonna take a summer class now, and I'm gonna take another uh, another summer class, an uh, intersection class before the uh, spring the spring semester, and I should be able to leave. I should be able to leave right in that spring semester, be able to go to uh, be ready to get, get ready to go to Penn State that summertime. So you're looking at next May, next June, arriving yeah. in Happy Valley. Okay, yeah. okay. Um, and when you do, when you are able to make that move, uh, you will be joined by Ken Talley, also out of the Northeast High School f- football program. Now he's a high school senior. He will be this fall, so you're a couple years older than him. But you have mm-hmm. history. What is it like to be with a former teammate as one of those, uh, as of now, eleven commits in the Penn State class? That it's just normal. From like, like me and Ken, we've been locked in. So like. He he went guys spend that in my crib. We go to workouts together. Or like I was just working out with him yesterday. He was, he was all at nerf feet working out. So it's like it's normal. Like it, it's a blessing to have somebody that I already know to go up there with and be comfortable with. But it's normal. Like me and Ken, we've been cool. Like we've been locked in. Let's let's get your evaluation of Ken as a player. What do you think? Oh, Ken, yeah, he a dog. He a dog. He gonna make that play. And he talk his. He gonna talk his talk to you too on the field. He gonna talk. <laughs> I like him. He, he, he go ball. Like he gonna make he gonna make him known that field. Like y'all gonna know who Ken Tally is when he on the field. Everybody, so, like he gonna make it known. So uh, going back to Dion, even with Sharif Miller, there's a lot of pride in you, Northeast Philly guys. Can you can you talk about wh- what you guys bring to the table? That you know they say these Northeast guys are, are are built different. What what do you think you bring to the table coming from that background? Coming from uh, what you guys have, have dealt with. We bring like it's just that mindset, that mindset. Like we not, it's like we not worried about, we not scared what nobody's saying. We not worried about nothing. We can't bring that mindset, that, that dog mindset. Like, and when we on the field, this this is our field. Like we run this field, we on the field. So, cause like that come from like another Dion, like Coach Nye, Coach Troy, like we're uh with those the coaches that my senior year, that come from that year. Like everybody put that mindset in here that we 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 like we run this. So that's what that that's what you won't get. Like a lot of times, a lot of teams be needing that. Bring it, bring the team like a dog to the team. So it's like anybody you want nerfies, you bring it. You want to recruit out of nerfies, you gonna get a dog. In. 
And Tyresa, I know that you're trying to do your part to make this a very strong class coming in with a great group. You're in a little different situation because you're out of high school where a lot of the guys that they're targeting are still in high school. How do you play a role in peer recruiting? Have you been engaged with any players out there? Um, And if so, who are you targeting? We, we, we in a group chat. It's a group chat. Everybody, if they, if they either put Penn state in a top five or top, whatever, or they committed, if if they put Penn state in a top five, or they consider Penn State, we all in the group chat. So we'll just we'll just be talking and we'll just be like just letting them know where they should end up at. And they be they be telling us every little stuff and everything. I can't remember everything, but they be telling us stuff and everything about where where they where like about the visits and everything, who they talking to and everything. So it's like that's how we go about it. But I haven't really got a chance to actually start recruiting yet because I'm going up there June 6th down on Penn State. And that's what the coach wanted me to come down there and actually, like, get talked to them face-to-face, like all the guys they recruiting and everything. So we go down there. They're going to do, like, the little camp. And we're going to do the camp, get that problem. And we're going to – they say they want the guys that's committed to help recruit for the guys that's there. What do you think when you see these guys that, you know, have – 20, 30 offers. You have one offer. Obviously, you, you ended up out, out of Lackawanna after out of high school. What do you think of this whole recruiting process? Because you're kind of an outsider, you know, yeah, against yeah. the guys that have 25 offers, four-star, five-star guys. So I, what do you think of this whole process? I mean, I, it don't really faze me because I already know, like, it's like I know if if we would have had a season, only, like, I, honestly, I committed to Penn State because, like, like, Dion, everything, it, it made sense. But, like, the COVID and everything, you know? So it's like if they didn't, if the COVID and everything wasn't going to hit, I would have, I would have probably, I probably would have take a chance and wear my options a little bit more. But I know for a fact, like I can, I can have all the same offers that everybody else got. So I don't, that don't, I don't really care too much about having a lot of offers and everything. I just be glad I get an opportunity to play. You know, like I ain't trying to be like, like you know, top, top and everything. I just want to play, just prove everybody I could, I can ball. I'm trying to get to the league. Oh, the high school everything don't really mean nothing to me. Tyrese, did, did you, um, you know, upon your commitment, did you continue to hear from other programs, other coaching staffs, or have you noticed once you made that commitment, things got a little bit more quiet and people kind of respected that you're going to Penn State? Uh, yeah, it did get quiet. It definitely did get quiet after I committed. But before, like before I committed, it just offered me. It was a lot of other schools that give me attention, but I felt as though they wasn't, they wasn't giving me the, they wasn't pulling the trigger yet because we only played two games and I, I guess I don't know, but, but it was a lot of like, after, after the first couple games, it was a lot of, I was getting a lot of attention from a lot of schools and everything. So it, it, it really ain't, it ain't ain't really phase nothing. Uh, I don't think we have any other questions, but I'm going to pass the microphone over to you. This is the first time that Penn state fans are really having a chance to meet you, to listen to you, Tyrese. What is Mm -hmm. your, what is your message about, what they need to know about what you will bring to Nittany Nation. Look, y'all, y'all gonna bring a dog. So I get on the field, y'all gonna bring fun, everything on the field, a dog, like a, like a, a big hitter, interception, everything. I'm bringing the energy, everything. They gonna, I'm telling you, the whole Nittany line, gonna, when I get on that field, at Pitt State, they're gonna see me ball. They're gonna love me. They're gonna love me because I had fun out there. I make the plays and I had fun out there. So, I know they're going to love me. I can't wait to the whiteout game and everything. They had stand up, all the fans and, and ball. I know they're going to love me. So, I just can't wait. I'm excited. I know I'm excited. They got some good fans. So, I know they're going to show support and everything. Well, we can feel that excitement on this podcast. Really an awesome conversation with you, Tyrese. We, we can tell you're ready to make this move. But another year ahead at Lackawanna, we'll be watching closely when you get back on the field this summer. Thanks so much for the time. And, and let's do it again before you get to campus. 
No problem. Appreciate you having me anytime. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Thanks again to Tyrese Mills. We look forward to our next conversation. And Sean, just, just speaking with this young man, you know, he hasn't played much football lately, but you can just tell how excited he is to know that he has a future ahead of him in this sport. And for Penn State to land this guy before he had a chance to develop really any kind of, of college film says a lot about, to me, the staff's confidence in Dion Barnes' ability to evaluate talent. Not only that, but the trust, you know, that's a, that's a lot to, to invest one of your 25 or so scholarships a year into a guy that you really don't know much about. You better be damn sure about him. Um, and, and, uh, Dion Barnes seems to be pretty sure about, uh, what they've got in Tyrese Mills. And, you know, it was fun to talk to him, sit down. And, you know, I know this is an audio medium, but he had his Penn State jacket on. He was just uh, incredibly animated about what he was talking about. I think his audio may have drifted in and out because of that, but he did a fantastic job. Um, and, and talking about his background and how he got to to be a Penn State commit and just that's one of the cool things is just you sit down and you're genuinely excited about um, you know being in the situation that you are and and you could really see that from Tyrese Mills. Again, someone who's going to play two seasons in one because of the circumstances, we'll get another uh, longer look, I'd imagine, at Tyrese Mills come September and October into this season for Lackawanna football. Stay tuned with him. Right as we were getting ready to to resume recording here on the podcast on uh, Tuesday afternoon, Penn State announcing back to full capacity at Beaver Stadium uh, this season. Sean, when one day we get normal recruiting back, a normal recruiting summer. And we also get this news. Hello, June. Yeah, it's just, it's, we're back to normal, right? That's everything's, everything's good. Now you've got 107,000 back. You've got recruits that are able to get back. So uh, it's, it's pretty cool to take that. That's a big step to take in one day and, and Penn state's, all over that. And, uh, you know, it's the expected outcome, especially when you look around the country, Notre Dame's coming back, Ohio State's coming back. So um, you're putting yourself at a serious disadvantage if you decided not to do that. Um, you know, there's obviously some more ins and outs of the release that came out with mobile ticketing and, and some other things, but check that out on the site um, to get to get a good read on what's going on. But yeah, it's exciting, man. I mean, it's uh, we, we kind of took it for granted and it got taken away and we, we missed it a lot. And uh, hopefully... You know, when things come back in September, everybody's going to be there. It's going to be great. Games on the docket for Penn State this fall, Ball State, Auburn, Villanova, Indiana, Illinois, Michigan, and Rutgers, um, and expecting full capacity at Beaver Stadium for all those, and which also is going to tie into the recruiting efforts and the ability to get recruits in the seats coming out of that stadium on December 19th after Penn State um, to, to beat Illinois. And actually, I wasn't at that game. Mark covered it for us. I was staying home. You know, this is day, shows how, how far we've come, Sean. We were getting ready to see family at Christmas, and we weren't going out and about. We had a quarantine to be able to see family. They were quarantining to see us. So I wasn't even at that last game. And yet here we are. Uh, I'm fully vaccinated. You're fully vaccinated. We're out doing stuff and we've got uh, camps and stadiums come and stadium visits coming our way. It's just, 
really has come a long way in these last six months and, and very appreciative for it, uh, for our ability to go out there. And hopefully we'll get a chance to actually, you know, meet a lot of these lines, 24 seven subscribers that we have missed seeing in person for a long time. I don't know what the tailgating situation, uh, where the clarity is for that for this fall, but they're not going to reopen Beaver stadium, Sean, without keeping that into, into the factor. So just outstanding news and we're just 95 days away now because you know i'm keeping track on the countdown list yeah tailgating will be back that was part of the uh the release uh i don't know what that means for parking i'm sure we just give it some time we'll figure out what's wrong with it and then we'll be able to post about it and 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 everything like that just check out our facebook page if you don't believe us um but no it's uh it's going to be fun um i'm just scrolling through here um, mobile tickets are going to be a big thing. You know, they want you to wear masks if you're not asking, you know, just very, very, um, uh, simple stuff that you're looking at. So, uh, Tuesday, June 8th, you're, you should get the information about your season tickets if you're a season ticket holder. And I'm sure there are many, many people that are very, very much looking forward to that email coming through. Last time I was in Beaver Stadium, finishing up what I was going to say, there weren't even parents of players allowed inside that stadium. So to, to think about 107,000, Filling in for Ball State uh, <laughs> on September 11th. I, we'll see if they get there, but there should be plenty of motivation to get to campus uh, for that second Saturday in September when Penn State returns to Beaver Stadium. We hope to see you there. Um, jumping into our five-star mailbag, Sean, it leads us back into the conversation of what is going to unfold this summer. Um, you can join our five-star mailbag anytime. Head over to Apple Podcasts, leave your five-star rating and review along with your question. Can be about recruiting, about football, whatever you're thinking. We're happy to jump into that subject. We'll do that right here. What are your expectations for how the 2022 Penn State recruiting class will grow this summer with guys getting back on campus? I, I You know, it's a simple question, but it's a good one because you're bringing so many of these official visitors on and it's obviously more than they're used to bringing in. It's a, it's a kind of a different ball game with what you have to do. And I know some schools have taken different approaches to it, but Penn State's going to throw some numbers up front and see what happens. I mean, these guys are top targets for a reason. These guys are, have been on the radar for a long time. Um, so yeah, I do expect a bunch of movement. Uh, you're looking, you're sitting at 11 commitments right now. Uh, June, probably not as busy as July. July is the one where, you know, you know when you talk to these kids, you interview them and, and you say, okay, what's your plan? It's like, okay, I want to take three, four, maybe five visits in June. And then all of a sudden I'm going to have the opportunity to know what I'm going to do. And then July is going to be it. So I'm, I'm looking, you know, deny Dennis Sutton's going to uh, decide in July. You got a potential decision coming from Nick Singleton in July. Um, so I think July is going to be the one that you circle. Uh, June, excuse me, will not be without its fireworks. I think you, you know, I don't, I don't know that it's a ton. I'm probably three, four guys or something like that, but you've got the, uh, you've got the opportunity to show some of these guys uh, that they're get their first impression, as we said earlier, or make a strong first impression. And maybe that's enough to do it. I, I personally, I, I think these guys will take their visits and, and say, here we are. Uh, this is great that see Penn state in the first or second week, but I've got to see Notre Dame. I've got to see Ohio state. I got to see, you know, all these schools that Penn state's uh you know, jockeying with right now. So I think that's the smart decision to, let's be honest here. The logical way to to go about this is if you haven't been able to visit for 15 months and you haven't made a decision, might as well put all the, uh, put, get all the information you can. So I think July will be more active, but June um, can certainly be in there probably approaching the season, maybe 20, 21 guys in the class. I mean, it's, 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 
one of those situations where you don't want to be too full. But at the same time, when you're hosting this many official visits, the numbers are just going to kind of work out that way. Now, there are guys that want to come for visits in the fall. Obviously, the whiteout is going to be a pretty big draw. And if you have a good season, then you can certainly, you know, roll that over and have some some momentum on the recruiting trail. But these guys have been top targets for a long time for a reason. And I think that that's really what you're looking to to get out of this summer is to build a solid um, base or actually you've got a solid base, but build on that solid base of 11 commits and then get yourself geared up for the, for the season. And as we saw last year, they greatly prefer to work with the team versus work with recruiting during the season. So um, I think that's going to be probably the way it plays out. But as we've seen before, it's never quite goes to plan. So um, with the numbers that they have right now, there's more, uh, potential for waves you know you're thinking about three or four commitments in the span of a week or something like that and then maybe nothing for three weeks you know that's that's kind of the way that it goes based on the numbers that you have but i could see that certainly uh i could see them being very busy and and sitting at maybe 20 commits going into the season that's pretty high that's a little bit higher than that's, i thought that's you a might lot say high. yeah i mean yeah. It, and and well you think about it they've got 11 guys so far and you right. kind of you kind of take the Ju- juco guy out of there you kind of take the punter out of there so you put yourself at 9 but still those scholarships count so you have to uh, you have to factor in there and you look at positions where you could go on a potential run you're going to take two running backs well as soon as you take one running back there's going to be um sort of uh just a a need for one another guy to jump on. Maybe they feel squeezed out or they feel that they might lose their spot. Um, you have that at a couple spots. Uh, offensive line could, could go there. I don't think they're quite there on the defensive side of the ball in any position so far because this class is mostly offensive so far. Um, but it, it certainly could happen. You could see a situation where maybe one or two defensive ends jump in and okay, maybe they're, they're probably only going to take three. So uh, that'll be a situation that plays itself out. It'll be fun to watch. We've seen it. I mean, this is kind of, normal right we've seen it so many times um but uh with the the numbers being what they are i think it's going to be an entertaining summer i do wonder with with trimming off of that may and april part of the early official visit window which we usually would have for these prospects how much does that result in guys maybe getting to the end of june into july where they they were hoping they would be in that target range and they just say I didn't get to get it all done. I, I didn't get to pack it all into these five, six weeks like I thought I would. And so I'm going to take it into the season. I'm going to decide during or after my senior season. I think you'll see some of that. I think you'll see guys rush into decisions and, and that'll be something that will have to be reckoned with for that prospect and for that program later on in the cycle, uh, just because they wanted to, to, to stick to their July commitment date. Um, as far as Penn State, I, I, I was thinking exceeding the, the 15 prospect mark by the, that 4th of July weekend um, and then probably attacking on a couple more before you get into August and everybody kind of starts to focus in on their own football program. And then you leave that, you know, you leave the whole season open for more follow-up visits. Some of your marquee matchups are going to be in prime time on Saturdays. That gives guys some, some opportunities to have Friday night games or Saturday noon games to still get to campus. So 20 to me sounded high, Sean, I thought you might play it more conservative. I was going to say somewhere in the 16 to 18 range, but, but I think, you know, well, that's only, that's only five to seven guys. And you you look at how many official visits they're bringing in and Mm -hmm. how many guys that we've talked to say that they want to decide in, in July. And that's, you know, it adds up quick. I think that's kind of the point that I'm getting to is you've got, 
a lot of guys that that want to get that you know that they've sort of strung this process out because they couldn't see places and i think they're going to want to get it over you know pretty quickly so i think that that's really where i could see that coming into play right you know 20 is kind of a round number so it's nice to go there but go ahead well, I think, it, you know, it takes two to tango with these commitments as we talk about a lot. So you're going to, my question is, if you've got a priority player to position or a couple of guys that, that Penn State staff is really high on, that's who they want to get on campus. They want to get a crack at getting that commitment. If that player ends up elsewhere, announces that by the end of June into mid-July, then you're looking at your next tier of players. And I'm just wondering, as, as while you move down to figure out, is this guy a take right now? You're combining that with all this new information information you're getting with your first on-campus camp since 2019. I just wonder if all this fresh information, there's going to be fresh offers in this 2022 class. I do wonder if that creates a bit of a whirlwind that gives Penn State's staff some pause on certain players let's face it if Penn State wanted to fill this class today they could by Tuesday at at sundown this class would be full forget about it but they've got to be selective they've got 350 plus offers by our count on the 24-7 database out the 2022 guys how many of them have actually ever been to campus how many of them are really in play right now it's just it, it numbers dwindles and it dwindles to me Sean I just think you're throwing a lot of different variables that make this summer less normal than maybe we want it to be and I, and I just wonder if, if maybe Penn State's going to be ready to go all the way with some of the prospects who, who might, might come to James Franklin and say, the time is right for me. Does it work on both ends in this scenario? I think that's a great point. And, and another sort of building on that in, the, in this 2022 class, you've got all those offers out, but a lot of those are, are non-committable. You know, you, you've got the guys that you're bringing into camp that you have quote unquote, you know, hand quote offered and they can't act on it right now. So they're kind of working out for their spot. So um, I don't know that there's, you know, a ton of new camp offers going out, but you might see some guys that get the green light. You know, I guess that's probably the better way to put it. So that's kind of a dynamic that we really haven't had before um, at this in these numbers. And, you know, it's mm-hmm. happened before you've had guys that have come in and they, they want to see if they can fit in athletically and, and things like that. But it's, I, I think you, you factor that into it. And also you factor into these kids are getting so much information at one time. And yes, we, we say that, that, you know, that's a really good thing that they get to see these schools, but it also can be a lot at one time. And these guys can commit and that 20 number, maybe 18 at the end of September, you know, you, you might pop up, seeing other schools and things like that. You take a commit, you know, we talk about Florida all the time. They're hosting a couple of Florida visitors and all of a sudden they, they, you know, one of those guys pops on a, on a weekend or after that weekend, but you're going to have to hold on and recruit them as if they're uncommitted. So I think that there's several different dynamics at play here, but I just, I kept looking at that target board and thinking, okay, so you, you save space for maybe two, camp offers and commits or things like that. Cause that, you know, we, I think we kind of underplay that one every year and then it jumps on us and we, we act a little bit surprised. Um, but that's kind of how they, that, that that's why they put so much value in camps. That's why they put so much stock in working these guys out, uh, out privately and personally. So I think that that kind of gets there. And then you've got these commits or excuse me, these pledges, uh, man, I'm, I'm killing you. Um, <laughs> You've got these targets, you know, Deny Dennis Sutton wants to decide in July. Anto Saka wants to decide in July. These running backs want to, you know, it's just kind of, it seems like kind of the perfect storm for these guys making uh, decisions. And I, I don't know that, you know, it's it's going to go completely according to plan. And and this is a situation where, you know, you feel like you might have a guy that's a, a no-brainer that you've offered. And all of a sudden he gets to your campus and you're not a big fan of him. And that, that you can go the other direction. But just given the numbers and given how we kind of expect it to play out, 
um, that kind of makes sense. And, and usually you want to go into your, um, your season with what, two thirds of your class full. This is when you 20 would probably be four fifths of your class. So that's you know, not that big of a difference. It's still a difference. It's still probably more than we expected, but you took a punter, you took a junior college player. So that kind of plays into that as well. So it, it'll be very interesting. I, I think that it's going to uh, probably grow at that rate. And like you said, swell up in there in July and see what they can get out of it. Um, especially, you know, you're ending July with the Lash Bash and maybe you've got an opportunity there. You mentioned what Andre Green's coming up in, in, uh, at the end of July. So, I mean, it's, it, it's one of those things where they're going to have to have a plan for it and have a plan for how these guys are going to respond to it. And that's not the easiest thing to do, but at, at the end of the day, you got, you got to find the best, uh, 20, 25 guys that you can bring in. And I know this question was about, you know, the, this class growth, but one of the thing just to, to throw into, you know, the, the speed at which that could happen, or maybe, maybe give some guys pauses. You're going from no visits for essentially the duration of your entire recruitment. If we're talking about uh, guys who got a lot of offers last spring, last summer, like normal time in your high school career to get offers, then you can't go on any visits. And then you're rolling right into a series of official visits. To me, there is a danger there. Um, and rushing into commitments because you don't have a track record of getting to other campuses, understanding what what vi- those visits are normally like. You're jumping right into official visits where you are given that genuine VIP treatment. Usually that's like the finishing touches of a long recruitment. You've already been to campus a couple of times. Maybe you've been to a game. Very rare is it you, you go for one visit and that's your official visit and then it's done. It's a long distance thing. Sometimes it happens. But Sean, almost everybody's going from no visits to official visits in this class. And I think there's a danger of falling in love with the school and making a rash decision. At the other, at the same time, I think there's a danger of really pushing a school aside because maybe there was one mistake made during your official visit and it turned you off. Whereas if you had those foundational unofficials that you've taken the last year, year and a half, it gives you some leeway. I, I think these official visits just, it's a lot of eggs in one basket and it could swing either way. And that's why, you know, Penn State's hosting a bunch of guys for official visits in June. Is that the right course of action? It's hard to say. And we, I mean, we won't know until this cycle is over. I think no spring or summer officials for Clemson, which is kind of how the, they've done it in the past. So, you know, might that leave them out in the cold for others? Or are they big enough where they can call a guy up in October and say, hey, come down and visit? I you know you're committed somewhere else, but come down and visit. And then they ultimately end up on campus there. So I, I don't know that there's a right way to go about it, but I think this is probably the safer way because, you know, you don't want to lose out and and rely on getting through the next couple of months and then having to flip somebody. So I think that that's probably the, the, the way to go about it. And I think given where Penn State is in the general landscape of things, I, you don't have the clout of an Alabama and Ohio State, Clemson, something like that. Um, so you've got to sort of jump on this opportunity and, and be the best at it. There should be several commits to talk about this summer here on the podcast. Sean and I are both projecting 50% plus increase onto what they already have of building out this class with 11 players on board right now. Who fills those slots? Who are the guys that come off the board earliest? Uh, something still to learn here, but uh, Sean does a great job covering it, of course, but we've got our national guys and they are out at work right now. Brian Doan, Alan Drew, Steve Wilkfong, just part of this 24-7 sports recruiting community. And this is their time to shine and they're already working very hard to do that if you check out 247sports.com. Um, so Sean, 
we're, we're, it's go time for 24 seven sports here at the site. We're excited to bring it uh, on the podcast. Um, it's just awesome. It feels like we have really reached a chapter that, you know, for a long time, I wondered when or slash if we might get here again. So uh, happy, to, happy to get there with you. It's fun to type and have fresh words pop up instead of having to go back and pull quotes from an article that's three months old or something like that just to, to fill up our stories. But uh, yeah, I can't wait. There's a lot more coming. Uh, might get a little uh, itchy on the crystal ball finger here coming up as well. So we'll see what happens the rest of the week. And we're opening up this June, by the way, 60% off VIP memberships, annual subscribers. If you've been looking around at Lions 24-7 for a while now, wondering if you should make that move, this is the time. A flood of information, fresh information coming your way from the recruiting trail. 60, 60% off for your first year. That takes you through the season, into next signing day, through the transfer portal, all that. Head on over to Lions247.com. Make that move. Join us and, and you'll hear a lot more about what's happening behind the scenes on the message board than what we discuss here on the podcast. On behalf of Sean, I am Tyler Donahue. Thanks again to Tyrese Mills for joining us for a wonderful conversation. We'll catch you later in the week here on the Lions 24-7 podcast. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount+.